0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-E-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, pod at gmail.com. Call in the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Thunder game against the Detroit Pistons, but also the back of the roster shuffling, waving Justin Jackson, who they brought in, who's going out, who got hurt again in this game, as well as trying to figure out what is in Poku's fanny pack. That's all coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. But first, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk about sports. Download the app for iOS. The app called Locker Room, and I'll be hosting a room every single Thursday morning, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, talking all about the Thunder, talking all about the NBA and whatever else you want to talk about. So come talk to me on the Locker Room app. You can go down the app right now and follow me on Locker Room at Rylan underscore Styles to never miss whenever I go live. Let's start with the roster shuffling. Who's even on this team anymore? Who's even available on this team anymore? Because early this morning, roughly 10, 10 a.m., Justin Jackson was waived by the Oklahoma City Thunder, opening up a roster spot. And for a time being, not only did the Thunder have a plethora of injuries, missing SGA, missing Baisley, missing Dort, missing Roby, Hall, and Muscala, on top of shutting down Al Horford, on top of not filling that two-way contract left behind by Moses Brown, the Thunder were down a ton of players to the point that they only had eight active players this morning after waiving Justin Jackson. But quickly, that all changed. And we saw exactly what the motive was behind waving Justin Jackson. The only motive behind that move is that from now on, you can use that roster spot to cycle through 10 day contracts after 10 day contracts and see who might stick. See who might want to take an elongated look at moving forward. Obviously that would not necessarily mean an NBA contract, but it could mean a two-way contract in the future. And so the second roster move made was doing just that by signing Justin Robinson to a 10 day contract. Robinson tore up the G League bubble, averaging 15 points per game, three rebounds per game, and two assists per game, leading his Delaware Blue Coats to the G League finals in the bubble. And so he's the first beneficiary of this wave of Justin Jackson. He'll be the first one thrown into the mix here and this season continues to evolve into a season in which you're just panning for gold. And you're just looking through all the dirt and mud and slop, hoping you can find a diamond in the rough. And if you can't, it's no harm, no foul. And if you do, then you've significantly changed your roster construction. At the end of the day, that we all knew Justin Jackson, who was on an expiring deal and is phasing out of this league already, was not going to be a part of this team's future and this team's core and where this team's wanting to go. We knew he wouldn't even be back next year. He couldn't find minutes on this team. This team could not give him consistent minutes. He was never a part of the future plans. So waiving him allows you to try to cycle through a ton of young guys like Justin Robinson, who maybe possibly could be a young guy for you in any capacity. A two-way contract, a strict training camp body, so you got some camaraderie in training camp, or even... Just simply your summer league team or your G League team with the Oklahoma City Blue. There's a lot of facets that go beyond playing for those 48 minutes a night at the NBA level. And this specifically is an organization that truly values their G League and values the Oklahoma City Blue. So if they can benefit both teams in one move, why not do that? Because again, it only costs you Justin Jackson, who was not a part of this core and was an easy contract to get bought out. Right, Easy contract to move. He has no money past this year. Let him go. He was not going to play consistently anyway. And then get somebody who you will play consistently. Throughout these 10-day contracts, those those players, like Justin Robinson got tonight, will get those kind of minutes. And then you didn't stop there with your the roster moves. You also signed Jalen Hoard to a two-day deal, who played very well with the Oklahoma City Blue and was a part of training camp this year for the Thunder. And they prioritized a lot in keeping. And now he's on that two-way contract. So your roster is full now. The only real roster spot you're not utilizing is Al Horford's, which you're just kind of stuck with. So for all intents and purposes for now, this team is back to full capacity on their roster. But again, Al Horford was out, of course. He shut down. SGA was out, Basie was out, Dort was out, Roby was out, Hall was out, and Muscala was out. The starters in this game were Teo Malvon, Seema Luke, Alexei Poposhevsky, Kendrick Williams, and Moses Brown. The available players tonight were Teo Malvon, Alexei Pokashevsky, Kendrick Williams, Moses Brown, Tony Bradley, Seema Kyluk, Ty Jerome, Darius Miller, Jalen Hoard, and Justin Robinson. These two guys inked contracts with the Thunder at about 1 p.m., 2 p.m., and before the ink dries, they're suiting up and getting ready to play an NBA game. This list that the Thunder threw out there today, it has three first-round picks total. They had three first-round picks available today in the form of Alexei Poshewski, who was the youngest player in the NBA, Tony Bradley, and Ty Jerome. That was it. That was your first round picks out there. The Thunder have an outside chance of getting three first-round picks in this draft class alone. And you saw that they were short-handed tonight, and nothing points that out more than Jalen Hoard and Justin Robinson literally coming off the streets and giving you 20 minutes tonight, each. And in this game, you could tell who the short-handed team was. For the first time in what feels like all season, the Thunder lost the energy and effort battle. That does not happen often. I cannot recall many games where they do not bring intensity, they do not bring energy, and they're clearly getting beat in that department. Now, of course, as a team well below 500, they've been beat plenty of times. But one thing that has been consistent to this point had been their energy and their effort. But whenever you lose back-to-back games by 20 points and get beat by 40 points and just get annihilated, it's hard to keep going back to the MO of being that hungry team, being that scrappy team. And you saw in the first half especially more of those, eh, who really cares shots. It's it's Ty Jerome pulling up a contested three from the sponsorship logo of the arena. Like it's doing that kind of stuff that this team had straight away from for the majority of this year, but as I mentioned before in this podcast, you can only stray away from that so much. Eventually, everyone caves in and gets disheartened from the recent performances, especially whenever you compound the problem with, hey, we're getting blown out because we've shut down our Horford and we don't have SGA, we don't have Darius Space, we don't have Ludort, etc. etc., to where these guys are just going through the motions at times. And then there's other times, even in this game, where they looked a lot better. So it's kind of a mixed bag tonight. And it also showed the different stage that each team is in. Despite the record, Detroit is in a much different place than the Thunder are right now. And you saw that whenever the the Pistons get out to a 18 point lead in the first quarter, and then the Thunder can never really recover. They get it down to 10, they get it down to nine in the third quarter, and that every turn there's always a punch back from Detroit that knocks the Thunder back a peg to where this Thunder team is not prioritizing wins and losses. They're not prioritizing how to play together, they're prioritizing individuals. And that's from the top down. They're prioritizing individuals. Whereas Detroit, they're trying to see how their individuals play together. And that's where the things are, are kind of different for these two teams. Detroit's trying to figure out, okay, we have our collection of guys. We like Diallo, who we just traded for. We like Jeremy Grant, who we just signed. We like Killian Hayes, and and we even want to see what we have in, in Isaiah Stewart, who gets the start tonight. Sadiq Bay has been really good this year we like Killian Hayes, we, we like all these players, we need to see what Sekou is. Like, like, they have their collection of players, which of course still needs to be improved, but they have their collection of players, and they want to see how it all comes together and how it all meshes as a unit. The Thunder want to see who their collection of players even are. They want to see what Kendrick Williams can do. They want to see what spots they can put Ty Jerome in and what spots he'll, he'll thrive in and what spots he will not thrive in. What can we allow him to do moving forward? And what can we not allow him to do moving forward? With Detroit, you know what Diallo's good at. You know what Jeremy Grant's good at. You know what these players are good at to where you're just trying to figure out, okay, how do I mix and match a lineup around these guys? The Thunder aren't necessarily worried about putting lineups together that work together. They're worried about putting lineups together that can allow each individual player to play a bigger role for each other and for their, their personal selves so we can see what they might become. It's just two totally different stages despite the records. And honestly, I had a lot of fun watching that Pistons team. They had a ton of energy. It got chippy in this game for like no reason whatsoever. But the Pistons were, were a fun team to watch. But for a lot of reasons, the Thunder just did not have it tonight. And we'll see what they can do moving forward. And we'll talk more about this game coming up. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Locker Room. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk about sports. It truly is. It is an audio based platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk to me, you can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting Rooms on Locker Room for the Locked on Thunder podcast once a week so you can finally join into the conversation that you listen to right here every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the NBA You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the biggest news and rumors. Be sure to join me this week on Thursday at 11 a.m. We'll be hosting a room this week. Again, Thursday, 11 a.m. Central Time. You will not want to miss it. So go ahead and download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link to your Twitter, join the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA group, whatever league you're a fan of, for all the latest league updates. And again, follow me on Locker Room at Rylan underscore Styles to be notified every single time I go live. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I know you will not want to miss it. I'm planning to go live again Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on the Thunder. See you there. Locker Room changing the way that we talk about sports. I want to say right now. my good friends over at Rockado. Rockado.com is a family-owned business serving you online for your auto parts, for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car would ever need. But instead, you probably struggled writing an email and your landline would mess up your internet and it was a total mess. But the best time to go to rockauto.com was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. Rockauto.com has amazing selections and reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I know nothing about cars, literally nothing. I can't change a tire. I cannot change the windshield wipers, nothing. But the big thing is I can go to RockAuto.com, tell them I make my model my year, and, put, and they'll put it into their database, and they're going to only show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting money and time on parts I cannot use, parts I do not need. I'm only getting the good stuff from rockauto.com with their amazing selection, their reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you in the how, did you hear about us box? And they'll know what to do from there. rockauto.com is where you should be going. And also, when this podcast is over, check out the Locked On Today podcast. I start my morning every single morning with the Locked On Today podcast because it gets you all your sports news in under 20 minutes, with the Lockdown Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski, updating you on the latest news of every single major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. And so we are back on Locked On Thunder on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to say right now about the rest of the Thunder game. Let's dive into it. So we've established that this team is on two different trajectories right now, the Pistons and the Thunder, despite their record. And the Pistons had more energy. They had more effort, and they had more fight in in this game. And that's to be explainable, and that's to be understandable uh, in this contest. And the Pistons always had a counterpunch whenever the Thunder would go on those many runs. I think that the biggest thing as a team to take away is playing the passing lanes particularly well, especially in the first half and in the third quarter. Sfima Kailuk gets a career-high in steals in this contest. The Thunder played the passing lanes very well and even went on those little runs where they had the 12-0 run with Hoard and Robinson, and Bradley as the catalyst of that 12-0 run in the second quarter. They also got the game game down to like nine points in the third quarter. They had moments in this game where the, the Pistons retaliated. And Jalen Horton and Justin Robinson looked good for the context, right? For the fact that they signed their contracts this afternoon and had to play 20 minutes of an NBA game without practicing with the team without getting to know the team, without getting to know the terminology, the playbook, nothing. They just had to go right into action and play bulk minutes. And in doing that, they played well. I really like their aggressiveness. And I like that Justin Robinson was fearless in his attack with the rim and how much he trusts his shot. I love the off-ball movement of uh, Jalen Horde. And as you get into that exploring phase, you saw pretty much no one more than (laughs) Sphi just explore things and try things out. Seem like tried everything in this game. He tried... The sidestep threes, he tried the step-back threes, he tried the off-the-dribble threes, he tried the spot-up threes, he tried to create his own shot, he tried to create for others, he tried to jump the passing lanes, like he tried to do everything in this game. And it wasn't necessarily how to play together, it was just how to play as an individual and see what can he become, what can he execute well, and what can he do within his role. And the best player on the fourth tonight for the Thunder... What's Alexei Pokoshevsky? And Pokoshevsky had a really great night. And his offensive night was astounding because he was creating for himself and he was doing his hesitation moves. He was getting open looks on his own volition. The stop and start, the ability to change direction, the ability to change gears as a seven footer is unbelievable that Poku has. And you're seeing the game slow down for him. You're seeing him come into his own. And in this game, He's able to, once again, not only be the best player, but lead the team in scoring with 19 points. He gets the two blocks, the five rebounds. He shoots 40% from the floor, 33% from beyond the arc, and goes one for one at the line. Efficiency, 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 efficiency is something that Poku lacked in the first half of this season and lacked prior to the second half of the season after the bubble in the G League. He's gotten that, and he's achieved that. The only real negative about this game I don't even consider the turnovers as a negative. He had four of them, but once again, you're looking for that exploration. You're looking for what works and doesn't work, so the turnovers are no big deal to me. The fouls, though, he had four of them, and a lot of those were ticky-tack fouls and rookie fouls that I think that he won't be committing in in two years, three years from now, but he's got to learn from them right now. So the fouls are the only thing. That's really holding his game back right now. And and besides that, he would have had a perfect game going in in this contest. He's been great in these last four contests, including that stinker that he had on Saturday, that everyone had a bad game on Saturday. in. even with that Saturday performance, his averages over these last four games are immaculate. And he's coming into his own. And in games like this, him and tail are the, really the two big things to watch each and every night, because there's no Shea, there's no Josh Hall, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, you're really just stuck with Teo and and, and Poku because the other guys, while they're still young and and still can be a part of this future, uh, their roles are much more defined than what Poku and and Maldon can be, right? Like like Ty Jerome, uh, while he might earn a spot in this future core, in this future rotation as a future contributor, he's not going to play so well in the second half that he's a starting level player for you or that he is a part of what's considered your championship window, right? He's not going to make or break your next championship team or your next playoff team. uh, But, Tail Maldon's progression and Poku's progression could do that. So, so those are the two guys you're really watching for in this contest, and, and Poku played very well. Tail Maldon, he shot 41% from the floor. That was very efficient. He goes 0 for 2 from 3, including missing a wide-open spot-up jump shot. Got 14 points, 1 assist, 6 rebounds. Tail Maldon played serviceable in this game and played like the wise-beyond-his-years type of point guard that he is. He still had the three turnovers, but some of that's due to his teammates and and kind of the spacing around him. And Tael Maladon has turned into a bit of background noise at times in a good way to where I don't expect Tael Maladon to be bad and be glaring bad. And he also might not be popping off the page good and great and that 33-point night he had this last weekend might not be a consistent thing for him. But what is consistent is being a 14.6 rebound kind of guy and upping those assist numbers with the talent around him as that improves around him. Those assist numbers will continue to rise as well. And he doesn't foul in this game. He gets one foul. That's it for Taylor Maldon playing some serviceable defense. I'll take that. I'll take that ten times out of ten. But in this game, you were hit again with the injury bug, and now Kendrick Williams has a sprained ankle, and that's no fun. It's pretty tough to play basketball on a sprained ankle. Luckily, the Thunder have a day off on Tuesday, so maybe he can get rested up and recovered enough to play on Wednesday. But if you don't have Kenny Hustle on Wednesday, and you still don't have Lou Dort and you still don't have SGA, and you still don't have Darius Baisley, your team drops off significantly to where you're starting either Tony Bradley or Ty Jerome. And if it's not one of those two, you're then left with Darius Miller, Justin Robinson, or Jalen Horde. So it's got to be one of those two guys who would be starting on Wednesday if Kendrick Williams cannot go. So the injuries have really came in waves at this point for the Thunder, and this is a really hard wave to battle back from, and we'll see if they can do it obviously not battling back to the point of winning games, but just battling back to the point of you're not getting embarrassed each and every night to where the Pistons really never feared this game at all. I mean, they won 132 to 108 and the defense was bad and, and and the Pistons were able to throw those alley-oops to Hamadou Diallo who comes off the bench and gives you 11 points and eight rebounds and four assists and a steal and a block and, and kind of just does what we expect Hamadou Diallo to do. Jamry Grant turns in 21 points five rebounds, five assists. Frank Jackson, who was a training camp and preseason superstar for the Thunder, turns in 10 points and two rebounds and and has a nice 17 minutes off the pine. Losing in this particular season is good. Losing in this particular season is is the desired outcome. However, losing by 40 points and 20 points and losing by that kind of margin is not the desired outcome. In an ideal world, you'd want to be more competitive than this while still getting the losses racked up for tankathon.com. And they will be competitive, and they're facing an uphill battle right now that they haven't seen this entire season. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you lose games, right? As long as you get the loss, that's all that matters. It's kind of like the wins. We're, we're, we're literally living in a upside-down world to where you have to look at everything in reverse. In the OK3 era, if they beat the Magic by three points, you still celebrate the win. If you get beat by 30 points, you still celebrate the loss because you've now lost three straight, Cleveland is still gunning for that play, in they've now won a game, and they're trending upward. Washington is still soul-searching for a way to get in the play-in game or even get competitive in the play-in game, and Scott Brooks is coaching for his job, and I think coaching for his NBA career. I'm not sure who would hire Scott Brooks after this disaster in Washington, and and a not particularly good showing in, in Oklahoma City whenever you really dig into it. I'm not sure who would hire Scott Brooks again. So he's coaching for his NBA career. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they're kind of just stuck there and need to figure out a way to make something happen there. So they're not going to give up on this season. And before you know it, you've made up those games and it comes big this week whenever you play Cleveland. And then early next week, play Washington. Like this is going to come hot and heavy here. And at the end of the day, no matter if you're beat by 40 or beat by four, as long as you're beat, that's the prize because it gets you to that end goal of trying to get that superstar. I'll take all the 40 point beatdowns this year because it is a small price to pay and it is a short term pain for hopefully a long term reward of getting Cade Cunningham for nine years, all for the exchange of getting blown out for a handful of games in a random, wacky pandemic season that most people literally cannot see the games. You can't go to the games. And Sinclair still does not have contracts with the majority of TV providers. So what's the harm in losing games? But of course they do want to try to be more competitive while they're still actively trying to lose. So they'll try to do that on Wednesday against the Hornets on Thursday against the cast, but those are two big losses that the Thunder need. So coming up, we're going to talk about this game some more with the MVP with the Moneyball pick with the bet of the day. And we will try to figure out what is in the, Alexei Pokashevsky's Fanny Pack. That's all coming up. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, along with MLB, are now all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the scores. The news and the odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by going to betonline.ag and putting in our promo code locked on. That's our promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook book experts. Let's see how I did on the bet of the day as we bet on every single Thunder game right here. On Locked on Thunder, go to betonline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus to bet along with me on all the Thunder action. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at the Locked on NBA Draft Podcast. Get more of the analysis you want on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked on NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow Lockdown NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever else you get your podcasts from. Let's wrap up the show with the MVP of the game. MVP, MVP, MVP. MVP right now. You the real MVP. MVP, 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 MVP. The MVP of this game is Alexei Pokoshevsky. He was the best player for the Thunder tonight, and he continues to show why the Thunder took the home run swing on a player like him who could develop potentially into a superstar. He was awesome tonight. And then Brandon Rabar of Daily Thunder asked him, what's in that fanny pack? What is in the fanny pack, Poku? The fanny pack that he's worn his entire career, and he's been wearing it forever, and he's always got a fanny pack on him. And the question has always risen on Twitter, what's inside? What is inside the fanny pack? And so he was asked about it by Brandon Rabar of Daily Thunder, and the answer was, quote, I'm so sorry, I've got to keep it a secret. He will not tell us what's inside the fanny pack. So I want to do an impromptu top five, the top five things that might be in Alexei Pukashevsky's fanny pack. Coming in hot and heavy at number one, eh, let's work backwards, shall we? Coming in at number five, I have simply hand sanitizer. We're in a pandemic, need to make sure you always are staying safe. You know, he, he might live in an apartment or a hotel, I'm not sure. you will probably living in an area though where he has to have a communal place like a lobby or an elevator. To so where you want to stay safe, want to make sure you're using hand sanitizer and all that good stuff to where maybe hand sanitizer is in that fanny pack. That's number, that's number five. That's a strong number five, I think. But what's the number four most likely thing to be in Poku's fanny pack? To go along with that vibe, I'm gonna go with the portable Kleenex, like those little... Tiny plastic boxes of Kleenex, like the ones that are made of, like the little cellophane, what's it called? The little plastic paper looking thing. Those ones, you know, the the Clorox ones. Put them right there in his fanny pack. They always got his, he's got his hand sanitizer. He's got his Kleenex. He's ready to rock and roll. What's the number three thing that might be in Poku's fanny pack? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's an empty fanny pack that he wears just for a goofy accessory to stand out. There's a chance that there's absolutely nothing in that fanny pack. And maybe, if you want to put your tinfoil hat on with me, put your tinfoil hat on right now, maybe that's why Poku won't tell us what's inside of it because he does not want to be exposed for having nothing inside of it. The number two thing that could be in Alexei pokoshevsky's fanny pack, his cell phone. Could easily be his cell phone. You don't want to put it in your pockets, kind of weighs down your pockets, kind of weighs down your pants where maybe they start slipping down a bit. Don't want to wear a belt either. So you put it in the fanny pack that stays right around your waist and you're good to go. Maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's a phone. And the number one thing that might be in Poku's fanny pack is his glasses. It seems like he only puts on the glasses before he meets with us in the media on the Zoom. And so if you're not going to wear them all the time, Good spot to hold them is in your fanny pack. They stay protected. They stay safe. You're not putting on your on your head to get grease on the frames, which was a bad move, by the way. If you put your glasses on your head, watch out! Don't do that anymore. Don't put them up by your hair. Don't get all that grease and nastiness on your on your glasses. That's that's bad for your eyes. Don't want to put it there. Don't want to put it on the shirt. For one thing, it can mess up your collar. Two things, it's easy to fall off and, and damage your glasses. And so the best alternative, fanny pack, glasses number one for me. What's your top five things? That might be in Poku's fanny pack. I want to know on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. The bet of the day's game is Oklahoma City plus three. That obviously failed. I thought the Thunder could bounce back from two blowout losses. Instead, they serve up a third blowout loss. The money ball pick of the game was Svi. In fact, I don't think Svi hit a three at all in this game. I can double check that. But Poku, I know, did hit the most. And he hit two uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Svi hit one. He went one for four from beyond the arc. So we just barely missed a Moneyball pick of the day right there. So on tomorrow's show, we're going to dive into Stockwatch and Power Ranking Roundup, and you'll be surprised how the mighty have fallen in the NBA Power Rankings. We'll get you set for a crucial game against the Charlotte Hornets. And between now and then, who knows what else will pop up in the world of the Thunderland? Who would have expected that we would have seen three different roster moves this morning? I surely, I certainly would not have. So we'll see what the day brings, and we'll talk again on Wednesday. So be good and be good to one another.